1: Here's the host of It's Your Life, James Cooley.
2: Hello, welcome to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and I tell you, wow, you know, Christmas holidays are just around the corner. And you know what, Noel, I believe, I believe uh, just like what uh, we talked about last night, every day is Christmas, especially when we open up our heart and we want to give back. Uh, to society. A lot of people are like, we just give back to America. We just give back. I say we give back to mankind, regardless what he might be located at uh, in the world. We give back and we make sure that we do everything in our power uh, based on everything that's been given to us and based on our understanding that we have a goal to, to make the world better, regardless of whatever type of location that might be. And my friend, I know where your heart is at, and so I know, I know that you, you're with me on that.
1: Yeah, I have nothing, you know, I hate to give you a short answer, but you're spot on with that. I mean, at the end of the day, it's, you know, the Christmas season, as we talked about. You know, it's about remembering the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ, and, you know, being able to share that with your loved ones and keeping that as the center focus. And if you can carry that year-round, mission accomplished.
2: Yeah, but uh, we also have to, uh, even with the Christmas spirit. Uh, I believe that the, it's a universal uh, spirit. I think this. It seems- is a
1: universal spirit, but but again, you know, and, and I'm sure you would agree with me. It, it, it's something that I wear my faith on my sleeve, and I don't hide that. So I always, you know, I wish people uh, a Merry Christmas, and when 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 I do that, uh, you know, that's where I'm coming from.
2: I know exactly where you're coming from, my friend, because I am the same way, but uh, I want to bring to you you know, my absolutely fantastic co-host, uh, Michelle Cooley, who actually does all of the heavy lifting. The, the cornerstone, that's what we the call it. The cornerstone is what you, yeah. You know, so how you doing, Michelle
3: Cooley? I'm doing great. I am so excited. Um you know, just um, putting this uh, agenda to, um, together and just reading about everything this guest has contributed to from a humanitarian perspective, I am really excited about the show tonight.
2: I'm excited about the show because uh, this this young man, you know, is very very successful uh, from a business perspective and all the things that uh, he. Has been doing, and he continued to give back, and he continued to uh, identify, you know, places, especially over in Africa, uh, that uh, really, really need uh, the world help, and uh, he's a beacon of light. You said and, two uh, key
1: words there, JC. <laughs> you know, and you, and you can, you know, be or be a ray of light, and you can, you know. Uh, at the end of the day, though, with whatever you're bringing to the table, you have to be able to give back.
2: And this, Noah, just wait, man, till you meet this guest. And we're going to bring him on shortly. Uh, a beacon, a beacon, meaning that, you know, you look up and you see the light that's flashing. And you just follow that light. And uh, that's what it's all about. And a lot of times it's by faith. It's by faith. By faith. and says this is what I am supposed to do. And so, uh, I only had an opportunity to chat with this young man one time, but, uh, uh, he sent us a lot of information, and Michelle and I had an opportunity to do a lot of research, plus my great, great friend, Clayton Foger. Now that I have told you about him, Noah, uh, 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 National Geographic photographer. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, I a mean, huge National
1: Geographic fan. I'm
2: already impressed. <laughs> Not just that, but he's a college professor where he teaches all of these things. And, you know, he is absolutely fantastic. And he introduced me to this young man. And he told me, he so, said, J.C., you need to have this guy on the show. So guess what, Noah? We got him tonight. And uh, I tell you, I want to get this thing started, my friend. I want to get this thing started because we got so many questions to ask this young man. And so our uh, listening audience, regardless where you're at in the world, regardless where you're at in the United States, uh, you can always call in if you dial 1-888-344-1170. Again, that's one 344 1170 But share Cooley, Can you please tell our listening audience what the title and the purpose of today's show?
3: Yes, the title of today's show is Grace Times Nonprofit Ministry, Serving the Needs of Children in Kenya. And the purpose of the show today is getting to know the background of Art Buckley, who runs this nonprofit ministry, discuss the nonprofit ministry itself, Grace Times, talk about the challenges and rewards of missionary work in Kenya and the projects the organization is planning for um, next year 2022.
2: Wow. Can you uh, introduce this fantastic guest?
3: Yes. Art Buckley. Art Buckley is a retired banker. He worked for Wells Fargo Bank for 35 years and retired in 2015. Art now runs a nonprofit ministry that does missionary work in Kenya, East Africa with children. Art has a bachelor's degree in social science from Loyola Marymount University and a master's of science degree in gerontology from the University of Southern California. The James Cooley Show, It's Your Life, proudly presents Mr. Art Buckley.
2: Art, how you doing, my friend? Welcome to the show. How you doing? How you doing?
4: Well, I'm doing very well, and I thank you so much very much for the invitation.
2: Wow. You know, uh, out there, our great friend Clayton... uh, made the intro actually he's like hey jc you really need to have this guy on uh we we getting ready to do a lot of great things he already been doing a lot of great things over the years and he he told me a little bit about you and i said we we got to make this happen so i am so happy that uh you accepted the invitation and uh, uh let's just tell our listening audience a little bit uh about you and where you come from and your background I am from a little city of uh, Monrovia,
4: California. Uh, Monrovia is about 20 miles east of L.A. It's a small town, about 35, 40,000 people. And I was born and raised in Monrovia. And then after that, I you know, went on to college. I went to Loyola Marymount where I obtained my B.A. and then to USC where I would obtain my master's.
3: Wow. So you do have a master's degree in gerontology. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Can you, explain, correct. to, can you explain to our listeners what, this, what gerontology is and why did you pursue this path? Because I don't even know what that means. I don't know what that is.
4: Oh, gerontology is a study of aging. Uh, working with the elderly in all kinds of aspects of aging. Mm-hmm. Uh, how I got into it was quite by accident. My senior year at Loyola Marymount, I needed an elective, and I did pretty well in the class. I said, oh, gerontology sounds interesting. And I needed an elective, and I did well in the class. And so the professor said, you know, USC is establishing a school of gerontology. Would you be interested and If you would, um, I'll write your letter of recommendation. So I applied, I was accepted, and USC offered me a scholarship. And wow. the scholarship was actually funded by the administration on aging, and uh, this was like, oh my goodness, forty five, forty six years ago goes <laughs> like quickly.
2: Wow! So that uh, uh, that's degree is on aging. What did you learn from that? I mean, what did uh, what was so intriguing about that that you felt that
4: you learned you, you, about the various aspects of aging and what to expect when you when you age and also how to prepare for the aging process. Many people don't adapt to aging well. Their, their mindset is so tied to just working. And then after working, a lot of people have no idea what to do. They've never, they've never really prepared for retirement. And so what we learned was how to prepare for retirement, what to expect physically, psychologically, you know, from the aging process, And exactly how to cope with it, and uh, you know, when I when I graduated from there, um, it was really tough because the uh, you know it's hard you know there weren't a whole lot of jobs in aging at that time. Now there's plethora of jobs and nursing homes and all kinds of senior citizen centers, but at the time there were not because it was such a new field and people barely knew how to. Really knew how to pronounce it, and they they had no idea what it really meant at that time. And that's how, that's how, that's what led me into banking. And, uh, but now, since I have retired, I've sort of like got back into the field, and I'm actually, uh, um, helping elder, elderly people. As a matter of fact, our church is putting on like a Bible study now at a senior citizen center, and I'm coordinating that particular move.
2: Wow, you know what? Uh, you just taught me. I I never knew what that. I, mean, I was looking at that, the word, and I was like, I can barely pronounce it. Uh, but now you just gave me a quick understanding, and that.
4: Gero, the Greek word for eight, you know, for older, then
2: ology, the suffix means study of. So you have the study of, elderly or older people. That's what it is. Wow, we got to take a station break, but. Uh, okay. I can't wait to get back and continue this great conversation with this great man. I tell you, if you want to be part of the conversation, we got Art Buckley. If you want to be part of this conversation, that's one 344 1170 Again, that's 1-888-344-1170. It's your life. I'm James Cool. We'll be back shortly after the break.
5: There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley.
1: Noah Dingley here, producer of the James Cooley show, It's Your Life. And the new audio version of James' book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, is a must-have. James shares his true life story of struggle and success in America. It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream. Get the new audio version of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over
5: yet by James Cooley on Amazon.com or wherever audio books are sold.
6: The <laughs> Available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold.
0: Streaming now at TheAnswerSanDiego.com and Odyssey.com.
1: It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Now, here's your host, James Cooley. Hello, welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm
2: James Cooley. And I tell you, this this young man that we have on, on the phone, i tell you, and... In about three minutes, he taught us how to say a new word and explained to us uh, the meaning of it because I had no idea. Yeah, you, me, and actually, Michelle were kind of baffled. I, actually, I was afraid to even bring it up because Okay, I was, I, 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 I was afraid that I was going to get the pronunciation wrong and certainly didn't know what it meant. <laughs> you know, so, but, uh, man, uh, I got to hear a little bit more about uh <laughs> Uh, what what is so it? It's gerontology. gerontology. It's gerontology. Ger- okay. Well, uh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm still gonna get it wrong, but a listener audience, if you want to be part of this great conversation with this great man, that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seven. Again, that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seven. Now, Art. Now, you was explaining to us why, uh, you went to school to, uh. Uh, for this degree, I mean, had mm-hmm. this. Uh, this is something that uh, you always knew you wanted to pursue, or just popped in your mind one day because you yeah, you was already a college grad and in you in business and banking and all that. Uh, but uh, now it's all. No, it helping.
4: was um, basically as I said earlier. You know, I needed. You know, I just once I took the class as an undergraduate, I enjoyed it and I wanted to study more about gerontology. And I found it very interesting, you know, to learn more about the aging process. And I did, I mean, it's been a while, so I think I took my last class in like 1976 or something like this, 45 years ago. But some of the things I still remember, and also I still uh, read the journals from USC that I get as an alumnus. So I will still get, you know, certain written materials. I try to keep up on what's going on in the aging process and in terms of aging research as well. So it's interesting. It's an interesting field. And, uh, you know, people had asked me if I wanted to pursue a doctorate. And I said, no. I said, I'm tired of spending money. I'd like to get out and make money and earn money. So that's what I went on into banking. But uh, if I weren't so lazy, I probably would have gone uh, to you know, back to, to USC and actually, and obtained a doctorate in gerontology, but I decided not to.
2: Wow, let me ask you this question because I know my great producer is coming up next. Uh, what has you learned? Have you learned from this degree that uh, works with you with your uh, uh, nonprofit and dealing with Kenya and, and all the great folks? I have folks learned that have done? a lot about, especially with
4: elderly people, how to work with them, a lot of the ills, a lot of the, the processes that accompany the aging process, and I've also learned a lot of patience and caring at the same time. I think it helped me to be a much more compassionate person because I realize that all of this, God willing, you know, we live, we're going to get older. Um, you know, whether we want to or not, we just simply can't stop the process. That's all there is to it in a nutshell. So hopefully, you know, what I have learned and what I have imparted to people that I interact with, you know, will help them as well. But, you know, if if you can be just a little uh, kinder, if you can be more understanding, if you can be more patient, it really helps with the aging process and helps you to understand. And I think it helps them as well.
1: Hey, Art, producer Noah here. Tell our listeners a little bit more about the, the actual nonprofit uh, ministry, Grace Times, a little bit maybe about its history and why you got involved to begin we, with?
4: Well, what we've done is I had started, I had run a ministry uh, for another evangelist in Africa. Her name is Evangelist Kerasia Warimu Ken- Kenyanjui, and she has a big ministry called Faith, Evangel- Faith Evangelistic Ministries. I ran that for three years, and then um, I was asked if I could help with Grace Times. The past, the, uh, at that time, the director of the ministry, uh, Pastor Daniel Mugai, asked me if I could help him because he trusted me. He said, all right, I know that you're honest. I know that you'll do a good job. And I said, sure, I'll, I'll, I'll help you with it. And so what we've done is we targeted, I'd made a couple trips to Kenya, and we targeted specifically children. And the reason we targeted children was because of the fact that there is such great need, We've seen a lot of poverty. We've seen you know, a lot of kids three and four years old and they're abandoned either by the death of the parents or the parents have left them. And so what we did is we intervened and worked with other ministries there to provide uh, uniforms. We still do that with uniforms um, in an area called Maasai Land. We work with the ministries and the churches to provide food. We will buy you know, like staples that, they, that they're used to, vegetables, rice, meat, flour, sugars, those types of things. And that's why we got, I got involved in the ministry because, and also school supplies. We also provide a lot of school supplies, notebooks, pens, pencils. We've done calculators. We've bought, you know, bought hundreds of tennis shoes, those types of things. Just to help the kids and kind of put them on a, an equal playing field. Because their um, you know their access to resources is very, very slim in many cases, and so we wanted to do something uh, to uplift their spirits and make them feel special as well.
1: Well, while you were in Kenya, tell us about the specific services and resources that the, ministry, that, the that the ministry actually provided.
4: Well, what we do is, like I said, we do food provide foodstuffs. We're in the process now of building a well. That's one of the projects uh, we're going to be building in in 2022. I will be making a trip over there on March the 9th. And we're hoping that the well will be completed by that time. And it will be fresh water for not only the church that we, that we are affiliated with over there, but also for the entire Maasai community. This is a Maasai land and it's near the border of Tanzania. And that's one of the our biggest project that we're going to do. It'll probably be our biggest project to date. One of the other parts that we've done is the church did not have electricity. So our ministry spearheaded a um, a campaign to provide solar panels so they can actually have electricity and and they can play music on instruments and that type of thing. And then one of our other projects that's on the drawing board is to Uh, engage in building and establishing a greenhouse project where they're going to grow fresh fruits and vegetables, again, for the community to actually partake of.
3: Wow. Art, what has been the toughest part for you regarding each of your trips to Kenya, Um, the actual traveling? (laughs) To be honest (laughs) with you,
4: toughest part? Those awful roads. (laughs) Although the infrastructure... (laughs) Although the infrastructure has been improved uh, with the help of the Chinese, which I'm sure is coming at a great cost, some of the roads are still awful. And you go from um, if you can imagine, if you live in Temecula, if you can imagine driving like Temecula to like Elsinore or somewhere like that, mm-hmm. no pavement, nothing but potholes, and just a bumpy, bumpy ride. I once, I once uh, joked to a friend of mine. I said. My body was battered and bruised and I was dazed and confused after one of those rides. <laughs> because, I mean, actually, in many cases, the roads are absolutely awful. They're really bad at times. And so, and actually, they've gotten a bit better. And in some of the areas, they have improved. But still, many places, they have not been paved, ever. And that's the toughest part for me is those roads. And sometimes your body is so sore after riding on that type of... Uh, that type of uh, ground where there was just simply no pavement, it's not a smooth ride at all. Also sometimes adjusting to the food, because some of the food items are a bit foreign to Americans. And I just honestly I I've tasted a couple of things, but I just have I don't I've never developed a real taste or a real affinity for them. So that's kind of thing. So I have to really watch what I eat. And you also have to, you know, watch the water. You have to drink drink bottled water. Uh, If you try to, you cannot drink tap water at all. Not even ice in a glass because you don't know if it's actually tap water or if it's been, you know, from a, uh, that, uh, that initially was bottled. So those are the kind of things that are kind of tough initially when you go there. So over the years, I've just learned to be very careful.
3: Wow. All right before we um get into break, can um you start talking about the challenges in running in um running the ministry? Can you tell us about some of those
2: let's tell you that question to after the break because uh we we're gonna get about forty five seconds in it and and we're going to take the station break anyway so Michelle, okay when we come back, you know we're gonna ask this great man that great question, but I tell you audience. This is a fascinating conversation. And if you want to be part of this great conversation, that's one 1170 Again, that's one 344 1170 It's your life. I'm James Cooley. We'll be back shortly after the break.
5: There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley.
2: There is much truth in a journey that ain't over yet, as all of us journey through life's precious gifts of time, just like I have. Hi, I'm James Cooley, host of the James Cooley Show, It's Your Life. And in the new audio version of my book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet, you can join me as I share my true life story of struggle and success in America. It's both a cautionary tale and a roadmap to achieving the American dream. This is a must listen to for anyone who thinks they are stuck in life or need to understand that their current situation is not their final destination. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet is the unfiltered truth to provide hope for the future by challenging you to refuse to become a victim of life's circumstance and dare to be an overcomer because a bigger, better, and a more impactful life awaits you. Get the new audio version of my book, Country Boy, City Boy, A Journey That Ain't Over Yet on Amazon and wherever
5: audio books are sold.
0: FM 96.1, North County, AM
1: 1170, San Diego, The Answer. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Now, here's your host, James Cooley. Hello, welcome
2: back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley. And uh, Noah, just like uh, we were talking during the break, man, you can always tell when a guy got an extremely gigantic heart, and you know also focus with a uh of gold and mindset on ensuring that he do all he can uh with the power he has uh to bring enlightenment and bring joy and also bring relief and making sure that uh uh time and a loving heart uh also makes others better, regardless of what situation or circumstances that you might be in.
1: Yeah. Joy, so, love, uh, and giving back, man—that's what it's all about. And you and I are this way too, as far as having that authentic heart. And you know, you can tell that this guy has just such a big heart of gold, and wanting to make a difference. You know, while he's in 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 Kenya and just changing so many lives. You know, and some of the things that he's had to give up in order to do that. You know, you know, does money make it easier? Yeah, money makes things easier. But at the end of the day, you know, you've got to be able to give. It's not all about money, Noah. And
2: I tell you, uh, you can make all the money in the world, but that don't make I mean, it might make you happy with the things that you can buy. But I, I tell you, uh, my senses are from this guy, just like me. Uh, I'm not going to say I don't care about money. I do. Uh, but I, I, I care about bringing a smile on. Uh, and or joy to, to someone else's life and you know and i'm gonna get back to the show but this guy said something a few minutes ago it says michelle asked him what was the toughest thing he had to do and he was saying that he jumped in a car and it was a bumpy road like he ran over rocks all the way there and and got bruises all over his body but I i i i, I bet you if we asked him he would tell you that Every bruise and every bump that he had was absolutely worth it because he probably brought
1: smiles and joy. And there's uh, probably a story, I, and I mean this sincerely, there's probably a story behind every bruise, too. <laughs> uh, if we get an opportunity, we're going to ask him about that. But listen, audience,
2: if you want to be part of this great conversation, that's one Again, that's one four four eleven seven. All right. Um, 1170
3: Are there yeah. any challenges running the ministry
4: you know so that's a very good question sometimes when you're ten thousand miles away from the site where we do everything it can make it a little bit challenging because sometimes we uh, bear in mind you know we come from two different cultures the American culture and then the Kenyan culture and sometimes things get lost in translations for example, once I asked them oh would you get some colored paper, construction paper, because I was going to do a project with the kids when we teach them. We always have a session where we do arts and crafts. And so she said, oh, I think I know what you mean. So when I actually get there in Kenya, a few weeks later, she has just like this manila paper. And she thought that's what I meant. I said, no, no. And thank goodness I had just bought some. I happened to bring some items of construction paper, you know, some red and... Green and yellow and orange and blue and black, and but I showed them. I said, "This is what I mean by colored construction paper." So sometimes uh, with that, things again do get lost in translation because our cultures are different.
2: Wow, you know, and you're absolutely right. Cultures are different, and there's always a a lot of challenges. But I got to ask you this question. Uh, I know. You, You're working with kids, you're working with uh, adults, you're working with uh, everybody. What have been the most rewarding aspect regarding your trips to Kenya?
4: Seeing the smiles on the kids' faces. You know, sometimes American kids are spoiled, comparatively speaking. But sometimes some of the kids, you give them a candy bar, you give them a pencil, You give them a pen and they're very happy about those small items because many of them never had them. I remember once uh, we went to an area called, um, we went to an area called Migori, and it was a really arduous trip because we had on our way down there from Nairobi, which is like about a six or seven hour drive. We had three flat tires, three flat tires (laughs) and we finally made it about three hours later than we had expected to. But, the kids waited there patiently and we were giving them candy. We were giving them sodas. We were giving them all these little snacks. And one of the pastors whispered to me, he says, you know, Art, about 80% of these children have never had a tasted candy before. And they had never had sodas before. So just the excitement and the joy of seeing them react to the gifts that we gave them was quite rewarding for me. And then knowing that we have brightened their day and made it worthwhile.
2: Wow, you know that's a that is a, a joy. Just just like I mentioned, seeing a smile on someone else's face, especially mm-hmm. uh, a kid or uh, a mother or a father or a village or whatever that might be. Uh, that mm-hmm. uh, help is here. Uh, uh, most most people and even me at times, uh, I've been in a situation where. I just thought it was impossible that it was over. Then all of a sudden you look up, just like I mentioned to you by being a beacon, that light mm-hmm. is flashing help is there. And, uh, just seeing a smile on someone else's face is so extraordinary.
4: Yeah. That it, part of it was, it was worthwhile. Also, sometimes with some of the ministries that we work with and, you know, we will fund, we will send money, um, uh, Throughout the year, every few months, we'll send them so much money, and we just sent money over about a week or so ago and for the holidays, and we received text messages back to us saying, oh, thank God this money was so timely. We really hardly had anything to eat or to feed the kids or to distribute to our congregations, and you realize that these people really and sincerely appreciate what you do. It's not something that they take for granted because, you know, it's a matter of life and death, literally. And we're just glad that we can help out in some small way.
1: Hey, Art, coming into the holiday season, I know there might be something a little extra or something special that you are doing through the ministry, Grace Times, uh, in the area. If if you are, what are you doing to maybe make the, the, the Christmas season just a little extra special for people?
4: Well, we just uh, wired over money to about seven, six or seven ministries over there just a few days ago. And to make it extra, you know, and then what we'll do is when I visit over there in March, we'll do, we'll, you know, we'll do spe- something else special for them. But we just sent money over uh, so that they could actually do something special for the kids and um, do something special for the kids and... You know, buy them snacks or buy them trinkets or whatever they want to buy, little gifts. Because, you know, the kids, you know, they hear about Christmas. They know about Christmas, but so many of them have never really experienced Christmas holiday in the same way that, that we do here in America or the way some of the, the more affluent people in Kenya do. So it made a difference. It really made a difference uh, for them.
3: Art. What is Grace mm-hmm. Time's theme for year 2022? There, there, there's a specific theme, and can you tell us the meaning behind that theme?
4: Through the eyes of faith, that regardless of their circumstances, that faith is something that they can always lean on and depend on. And it's so, um, it's so important that people have faith. I know that there's a song... Um, I, there's a song uh I forgot the name, I think I think your name was Faith Hill who actually did this song all oh, about twenty years ago, and there's a in the lyrics there's this one line that says, Give faith a fighting chance, and so that's what we try to instill in the people that we work with give faith a fighting chance
3: Wow, so you know you um We were told that you have plans for a side trip to Rusing Island, which is located in Lake Victoria. Can you tell us a little bit
4: about that? Yeah, it's Rusing Island.
3: Okay.
4: Yeah, it's N G A. Yes, we are going to um, over there, and it's uh, a friend of mine who lives here in Covina, California. He's a member of the Luo tribe. And the Luo tribe may not mean much to you, but Obama's father was a member of the Luo tribe. And you can always tell Luos because almost all of them, overwhelmingly, the last names begin with O, oh, Obama, Okaio, Ochien. Obiuyo, Oguela. You can always tell them because they almost all begin with the, with the O. And so he is beginning a literacy center on the island. That's where he grew up. And we are going to go down there and actually do a presentation to kick off the opening of the literacy center. And it'll be, and it should be a lot of fun. I um, I've never been to a Zing Island before, and it'll be my first trip. And so he said you can either take the ferry across, you know, to you know Lake Victoria, or the, I think they built a bridge there or something. He told me, but uh, I've never been there, so I'm excited about going myself because. It'll be a new experience, travel experience for
2: me in Kenya as well. Wow. I mean mm-hmm. that's a uh, you you continue to educate us <laughs> and that's a good thing, my friend. I listen to the audience, I know that they're getting a lot from this. And uh, I tell you, Arch, we're gonna take a station break, but we're gonna come back. We're gonna continue. This education, we're gonna continue, and we're gonna talk a little bit about other African countries that you might have visited or that you're going to visit if you want to be part of this conversation it's one 344 1170 it's your life i'm james Cooley. we'll be back shortly after the break
5: there's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity coming up on it's your life with james cooley
6: Available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold.
0: The Answer, San Diego. Streaming now on iHeart.com and Odyssey.com.
1: It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Now here's your host, James Cooley. Hello, welcome back to It's Your Life, I'm James Cooley.
2: And I tell you, uh, I am extremely enjoying this uh, interview with uh, Mr. Art Buckley. Uh, He is teaching us, our listening audience and all of us, uh, a lot of things that we might have not known. uh, 90% of the things that he's talking about tonight, I I'm just gonna be honest with you. I did not know. But I'm excited. I want to hear more. And uh Noah, he he got a very important uh trip coming up in March. I'm gonna tell him right now if he if he's up for it. When he get back from that, my great producer, we gotta have him back on to talk about these things because uh just I'm excited.
1: Yeah, I'm excited, too. And, you know, once that mission's complete and, you know, he's going to have such a tale to tell from, you know, I'd be interested to see how things were like when he got there and then contrast that to how it was like when he left. Because I think that would be just an amazing experience to share on the air.
2: Well, he has taken one of my very, very good friends, Clayton Fogler, over there with him to document these types of things because that's what he does. (laughs) I think he's one of the best in the world. And, uh, so, uh, it's gonna be a lot of pictures and a lot of videos. I, I believe, I know how Clayton is. Uh, he's gonna document it, uh, um, National Geographic or whatever, however you might wanna put that, but you, you know what type of work that is. <laughs> so, Clayton is gonna do it. So, I tell you, listen, audience, this. this great man right here is just really educating us. If you wanna be part of this conversation, that's one 344 Again, that's one 344 right, I gotta, ask you just Tell us about other African countries you might have visited, such as Ethiopia, Tanzania, South Africa, uh, Egypt, and what was the purpose of those visits and is it anything else uh, that's in the bucket that uh, we all have a bucket list that uh, we're going to achieve?
4: Well, with the other countries, I just wanted just, for recreational purposes, uh, just to see them. I, you know, I'd always want to go to um, a lot of these countries, and so I've been to Ethiopia, Tanzania. Um, Tanzania is a very pretty country. Ethiopia is actually a pretty country, albeit there's a lot of poverty. South Africa, a lot of poverty, but like Cape Town is a beautiful city, actually. You know, you have the Table Mountains there, and it's really beautiful. And fabulous uh, The infrastructure is really, really nice. Beautiful transportation system. I really had a wonderful time. And Egypt I've been to actually a couple of times. I've seen the pyramids, I've seen the Nile, and I have seen a lot of the sites there in the country. Um, and it makes it, it makes it interesting. And they've, uh, you see a lot of the historical things you've heard about. You know, it's nice to see those things. I mean, sometimes when you, you hear about them or you read about them or you see them on television, it is totally different when you actually visit them in person and you, and you can take pictures and you get your own perspective on how things really are. And I really enjoyed Egypt. I had a really, really nice time. And I remember a friend of mine said, well, did you see the Nile? I said, well, the hotel I, sa- I stayed in, the Ramsey Hilton, was right across the Super Nile River. We just kind of passed by the hotel. But it was very, very nice. And we saw the big mosque there, the Mosque of Muhammad Ali. And we saw, we, we saw the pyramids, and I was asked by one of the guys that I wanted, wouldn't want, I said, not really. But uh, it was just really, it was just nice to be out there. And the Sphinx, what's left of it, because I'll be honest with you, over time and years, it's worn down. It's deteriorated quite a bit. But it was just nice to be out there to see these things, historically, speak from an historical, historical perspective. Because it was nice. And he said, oh, okay, this is the spank, this is so-and-so. And, he went, you know, it was really, really interesting.
1: Hey, Art, I'm very curious because I love everything you've shared during the show today, and I can't wait to have you back on and have more discussions. But I really think you're a true humanitarian. But I am curious because you might have a different, a different excuse me, definition than I do. What's your definition of being a humanitarian?
4: Being humanitarian to me. Means to be able to think outside of myself and be able to sacrifice and commit myself to the, to helping others. That's what humanitarianism means to me. Um, you have to, you, These people, most of the humanitarians that I know, are very giving and very unselfish people, and that's what it really means to me: being a giver and being unselfish.
3: Wow. Art, you know, um, you've talked about um, the, the needs and um, what the what Kenya and your visits, uh, what your ministry is providing, the, the the items that they need, the resources that um, mm-hmm. that area is looking to get, and that you are providing. Can you share with our listeners the beauty of Kenya and the beautiful the beautiful things you have witnessed there, um, going on your trips?
4: Yeah, you know, it actually is a beautiful country. It really is. Um, The topography is very is is very um, diverse. You will have areas that are very dry, like in the northern part near an area called Turkana, and there's an area there where um, Kenya and I think it's East Ethiopia and a couple of other countries all converge. But I have found that the beauty of the trip, the country as well. The people are really very nice, and many of them will you know will welcome into your homes. And even though they're uh, by our American standards, what they have is not very much, but they will gladly share with you what they have. And I have found that to be so very touching, uh, you, you know, when I go there, and you know, they'll sh- their food they will share and. The resources, small resources, the resources that they have, they will gladly share with you. And the, um, most of the people are very nice and they'll go out of the way to help Americans. And a lot of times people think they're doing it because they just want to curry favor or get money or something. But a lot of people are just genuinely good people. And I think sometimes that's something that we overlook when we, when we travel. Americans are known to be a bit on the arrogant and haughty side, but what I've learned to do is just just take it for what it is. I remember I went to a home one time, and the people were were you know, we're very poor, but they invited me to the home, and they gave me the very best that they had. And so one of the uh, one of the members of the family said, "It's so glad that it was." I I just kind of find it funny. He says, "I'm so happy that." A member of the upper class Americans would come to our humble home. I said, by no means in my upper class. I said, I'm just a simple American guy, you know? Mm-hmm. But uh, they were really touched by the
2: fact that I actually took time to go to their home to visit them. Uh, they cooked a very nice meal, actually. Food was very good. Wow. You know, we're down to the last two minutes, so uh, this question got to be answered in 45 seconds or less. I'm going to combine two questions. Uh, into this, uh, how has being part of a ministry affected you as a person? And what advice would you provide to those who might want to volunteer? And and uh, what are they going to get out of that? Forty-five seconds or less, if you can, sir.
4: Sure. Uh, how has it affected me as a person? It has helped me to grow spiritually, in particular, and it helped me to expand my horizons and open up my eyes to things outside of uh, America. And I and those persons that want, actually wanted to volunteer for these services, I really strongly encourage it because I think that you'll grow more than you'll ever imagine. You may impart knowledge to them, but you'll learn from them as much as they learn from you
2: how can uh, uh again real quickly I'm, I'm I'm packing this in how can I listen to all these contacts grace times if they want to know uh, our,
4: more about Our it? email is. And which is a kikuyu word, dagoretti 5 3 dot It's a kikuyu word, and Kakuyu is one of the native languages there, and it means great corner. And they just sending me an email, and they can also give me a call at 214-392-8342. I love to hear from them and speak with
2: them. Man, you've been such an absolutely fantastic guest. I, w- I want to reach out and thank my great friend, Clayton Fogel, uh, for introducing me to you. And, uh, this has been a, such a fantastic interview. And so I want to thank you for taking the time to come on the show. I'd like to thank my great, uh, co-host, Michelle Cooley, for always being here, doing all the heavy lifting. My great, great producer, Noah Dingley. I tell you, I mean, that's, that's our team. Most importantly, I'd like to thank our listening audience for taking time nightly to tune in to the james Cooley show it's your life and I tell you uh out there we are always looking for sponsors so we can continue to bring absolutely fantastic guests like art Buckley and his organizations here uh, so uh we're always doing that, and I tell you we'll be back tomorrow at the same time, same place. Uh, it's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and it's all about giving. Have a Merry, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year's, Holidays. See you tomorrow. Same time, same place. It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley.
5: Thanks for joining us for It's Your Life with James Cooley.